Hooray for today! It is a special day here at Fig and Farm at Home. Today is my birthday, and I am celebrating with all of you by sitting here behind the mic giving you one of my very favorite things I've learned throughout the course of time, things I've experimented throughout the years, and I can't wait to share it with you. It's something that I, I don't want to say developed because I am definitely not the inventor of this, but it is something I've implemented and figured out for myself, and now I'm sharing it with you. It is naturally part of the Systemize Your Home Summer Series, but it is also in conjunction with how I celebrate my birthday. Now, I'm not doing this on my birthday, mind you, but each year when Mr. Fig and Farm asks what I would like for my birthday or Mother's Day, I always answer this one way. I would like a clean house that I didn't have to clean. (laughs) Cleaning is work and I don't care for it. I just don't. But I absolutely love the way that a clean house feels. And at the time of recording, I am actually just cleaning up a big craft mess. I have had a crafternoon bonanza over here, prepping things for the shop, getting things summer ready. And it's been so much fun, but it's also been a little bit messy. Now, messy is different than dirty, and I will accept the mess, but today we are talking about the dirt. We're talking about creating a home system, cleaning system, that works for you and for your family. It's kind of a fun one, and it's also informative, so get out your notebook. You might want to take some notes. And friends, it would be the very best birthday gift ever to receive 30 seconds of your time to leave a podcast review. That would be amazing. If you have learned something from the show, if you have shared one of these tips, one of these episodes with a friend, if you have hung out with me for more than three times, you, my dear, are a design bestie. And I would love to hear from you. Thank you in advance for taking the time to wish me the happiest of birthdays by leaving a review. It is how the show grows. It is how I reach more people. And it is how I can hopefully spread encouragement and wisdom as you learn to decorate your home on a budget. And before we dive in to today's episode, I wanted to share with you a review I just received. This is from Charlene. She says, from Charlene here, also a subscriber on YouTube. I love your podcast as it is so helpful for me. I've been planning to move to a new home soon this year and to live on my own away from my parents as I just turned to an adult. The tips you guys are giving are going to be useful. Heart, heart, heart. Charlene, oh my goodness, heart, heart, heart back to you. This just made me smile ear to ear for so many reasons. The first one is you are so young and moving away from your parents into your own place is not only a brand new adventure, but when you're taking time to think about how you want your home to feel, your very first home, it's an honor that you're listening to me and getting encouragement and advice from me. So I really appreciate that. But I wanted to give you a little bit more advice and encouragement because you might be moving into a home that you're going to be renting. And a lot of the tips and tricks I'm sharing here, Charlene, are going to be useful for you, even if you can't necessarily paint the walls. So I hope that you're able to use those as inspiration as you gather your first pieces of furniture, as you arrange your first pieces of furniture, and as you step out onto your very own. And the other thing that just made me smile, it made me a little bit giggle, was that you are a YouTube sup- subscriber. So thank you. You found me over there on YouTube. Many of you may know or not 
that I have a YouTube channel. It is so teeny tiny. In fact, it is one of those brag right things in my house because my kids who love watching YouTube will say, hey mom, do you have a YouTube channel? Yep, yep, I do. Okay, it is so small and it is so silly and there are very few things on it. Of course, my podcasts, which make it seem bigger than it is, but then there's a few videos here and there with hopefully plans to increase that as years go by. But in the meantime, it's bragging rights. My kiddos think it's cool. And Charlene, you found it. So that makes me so happy. Thank you. Thank you again for sharing such kind words. And for those of you who have not yet left a review, but would like to, today's the day. Today's my birthday and it would mean so much to me and it would light me up just like Charlene's kind words did too. All right, friends, let's enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank, and I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. In my intro, I may have misspoke. I think I said, and I quote, this is one of my very favorite things, or maybe it was like, this is fun. Okay. (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's the thing you need to know about Danny from Fig and Farm at Home. I measure things in life in one of two categories, fun and not fun. And if some things are fun, they definitely need to be repeated. If it falls into the not fun category, forget it. You can <laughs> you can say, no way, Jose, I'm not going to do it, except for when you have to. So is cleaning fun? Let's clarify. Nope, it is not. Not for me. Do I like a clean house? Is a clean house fun? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> so in case you think I am one of those crazy clean ladies, I really wish that I was, but I am just not. But I have developed the system that makes it more bearable and makes having the feeling of the fun, clean house a little bit more approachable, a little bit more attainable, and a little bit more enjoyable. So before I share this cleaning system that works for my family and I, I want to share this, that any of the systems I'm sharing throughout the Systemize Your Home summer series, these are not end-all be-all. I am definitely not proclaiming that this is the one, this is the best, this is, you should do this. I am going to be sharing it because it did take me a while to figure out this was the right run for me, but I'm actually going to take us back about five steps to help you understand and ask the right questions in order to develop a system that works for you and your family. The process that I went through to not just say this is the best, but the one that says, why, how we come up with the idea of the one that is best for us. Because the reality is that you have probably, if you are struggling with cleaning your home on a consistent basis, you have probably searched the interwebs. You've probably landed on Pinterest 
for far too long trying to figure out which one works best for you, which system is best for you. And there are so many to choose from. And you might try one, you might try it for a couple months, you might try it for 15 minutes and realize that it's not, it, that it's just not going to cut the snuff. But the questions that you need to be asking yourself are the things that are, that matter most, because the thing I'm going to share today, the system I use for my own family is the one that I realized works for me. And I'll tell you why it works. But before we get there, let's have a little fun because I did go and spend some time on Pinterest. I spent some time. I only spent about five minutes and I learned several things. <laughs> I'm excited to share with you how little I pay attention to the things on Pinterest, actually, because this is hilarious. I'll save that one for last. But here we go. What I realized is that not only are there so many ways that you can clean your home, but there are so many people claiming that their system, the thing that they're using in their home is the number one way to do it. And it might be, but it might be for them. So here are some things that I ran across. I ran across day-by-day schedules. I ran across cleaning by 15 minutes a day. I ran across ideas like zone by zone, separating your home into different compartments, or maybe room by room. Of course, we have the spring cleaning ideas. We have the tips by the pros, what the pros do and what they recommend for you to do and not to do. We have the deep cleaning recommendations, the ones where we are just going to be going all in for hours at a time. We have the companies coming, oh crud, what do we do? <laughs> Approach, which I will be sharing with you in just a minute. And then we have something by the fly lady. Okay, here's where I giggle quite a bit because apparently the fly lady is to cleaning and organizing on Pinterest like Marie Kondo is to decluttering. I had no idea who the fly lady is, but apparently she's been around for a couple years and she has all kinds of ideas, all kinds of opinions, and about lots of things. <laughs> and her approach is a combination of several. So zone cleaning plus the 15 minute a day approach. All right, if you wanna learn more, go ahead and go check her out on Pinterest. But the one I wanna tell you about before we talk about the questions you should be asking yourself is this one. This is the oh crud companies coming approach. <laughs> this is the fake cleaning. Okay, do you want to learn how to fake clean in my house? This is what it looks like. Quick, shove everything into the office. Yep, in my room, in my office. And there are times when that has just had to do. We've had only a few moments to spare, but I did chuckle quite a bit at this article. So I'm gonna share with you what fake cleaning is and what it is that you can do if you find yourself thinking, oh crud, someone's coming and they're coming in about 20 minutes. <laughs> so here were her ideas. Okay, the first thing you do is set a timer. But set the music too, she says, because you want to make sure that you have the mood in order to just be productive. But set the timer because we know that company just called, they're coming in about 20 minutes. The first thing you do after that is to get the scent started. So whatever scent you use, if you are a candle burner, if you are a diffuser, start that. And then only do the room that you're going to be using. That's smart. If you know that Aunt Susie is going to be popping by for just a few minutes, no worries. She might not need to go into your bedroom. She might not need to go upstairs. Maybe just concentrate on the rooms she will be in. And if you can keep her in the 
front entryway or the library <laughs> front entryway how that's really not hospitable you should probably invite her in <laughs> but whichever room she most likely will be in to just focus on that room okay she goes on to say that you want to gather a laundry basket or a, a some sort of big basket that is going to be your friend here because what you're going to do is through the rooms that you think you're unexpected guest is going to be visiting, you are going to go and shove all the things into the laundry basket that are on flat surfaces. So instead of at my house, shove it into mom's room, you just put it in the laundry basket. I kind of like that approach better. All right. If you have a feather duster, get that out because it's not going to be a big mess. You don't have to move the picture frames. You don't have to move the candles, the things on the mantelpiece. You don't have to do that, but you will get a dusted room. After that, you want to do an approach called, and I'm, this is new to me too, the swish and swipe. Apparently that's a thing. Maybe you already know about this, but the swish and swipe is basically doing the quick wipe of the counters. We're in the bathroom now. Quick, quick wipe of the, the counters, of the toilet seat, of the hinges around it. Do a quick little swipe of that. I don't know what the swish is. Maybe swishing the bowl. And then you're moving on to the kitchen. Now, a tidy kitchen looks like a clean kitchen. So put out a, a fresh towel, put a few drops of essential oils down the dish drain, put any of the counter clutter into the basket, put your dirty dishes away if you have time. And okay, this is where I really started giggling. If you have clean dishes that somehow need to be put away that weren't put away already, put them in a dish pan and put them in the garage. Okay, we're going to talk about that in just a second, because <laughs> I do think I have a better solution for you than that, but that is an option. When, one article I read years ago, not by the same lady, was to put dirty dishes in the oven. Okay, that is an approach until you want to put the lasagna in, and you preheat it without looking in the oven, and then you crisp all the, the dirt and grime and stuff that was on the plate. So maybe let's not use the stove. Okay, and the last tip was right before company's coming to put a little lipstick on before you open the door. Okay, here's what you need to know again about Danny at Fig and Pharma Home. If you saw me opening the door with lipstick on, you might know something's up. <laughs> you might know that you need to go and do a little hunt for my laundry basket in the garage that's holding all of my clean dishes that I haven't put away. Or you might need to go check my stove because maybe that's where the dirty dishes are stored. You're going to know something is up because this girl over here rarely wears lipstick. And if I do, it is definitely for a special occasion. Now, it is a special occasion when guests come over, but it's not one of those... I need to do my hair and definitely put on lipstick. It is a, it's a special occasion because you're coming over and I definitely want you to feel welcome. Now, the point of this article here is to make sure that your guests feel welcome. They're going to remember you and your warm welcome more than they're going to remember your clean house. And that is the point. And that is, I hope, what you would see when you come to my door unexpected, not the lipstick that is out of place with my running shorts and my tank top. <laughs> okay. That gave me the chuckles. I'm not telling you the source for that because it does feel just a teeny tiny little bit outdated, especially with the lipstick before you open the door. But let's move on to the questions that, that you should be asking yourself as you develop a cleaning system that works for you. And here's my question before we get started is, is cleaning a chore for you? 
meaning do you like it or do you not like it? Is it something that you enjoy spending your Saturday morning doing or your Tuesday night doing? Is it something you invite your friends, or not your friends, but your family into with you? Or is it something you do on your own? Is it something that you do with a begrudging heart? Or is it a way that you feel like you're serving your family as you're cleaning? What is your approach? I'm curious, and I'd like you to come and share with me inside of the Facebook group so that I can know. Okay, here's where we start taking notes. As you think about the system that works best for you and your family, and you try to develop a routine around that system, that's the whole point of developing a system, right? It's not so that you one week do 15-minute cleans here, and then the next the next week you're doing deep cleaning there and then you're going back to the fly lady approach where you're doing zone cleaning with 15 minutes. You're trying to to gain a little bit of consistency, a little bit of routine, and to allow that routine to compound upon itself so that you ultimately have a clean and tidy home most of the time. Of course, there are going to be big resets and there are going to be times when you just need to maybe give something a little deeper clean than you needed to otherwise. But the whole goal is to develop a habit. That is the whole goal of systemizing your home in whatever topic we're talking about. So the first question that you should ask yourself is to know and understand what your baseline is. What is it? For me, I call it company ready. What does it look like when I'm expecting company? Not within that 20 minute time frame, like the fake cleaning, but legitimately, if I know mother-in-law is going to be coming over and spending the weekend, or if I know I'm hosting a dinner party, or if I know something a little bit bigger is going to be happening, where I know that I'm going to want to have the clutter picked up, I'm going to want it to be tidy, I'm going to want to have, yes, for me, the baseboards, I'm going to want it to feel clean. What is your company ready standard? And only you know what that is. For me and my husband, if you were to ask each of us, it looks vastly different. In fact, when it's time to get ready for company, and if we haven't maintained this system, sometimes we have to to scramble a little bit, work a little bit harder. And oftentimes, Mr. Fig and Farm will say, what is your priority? (laughs) That's a great question to ask. But of course, my response to him is everything company's coming. But if you develop a system that works for you, your everything doesn't need to be so desperate. So (laughs) and whoever is your helper doesn't necessarily need to ask that question. That's the goal. So understanding what your baseline is, and it's going to look different. I know I have friends, for example, who their baseline is really not super tidy. It is not a deep clean. It is not things need to be picked up off the floor. Things need to be organized and stacked and the kitchen needs to be free of clutter. It, that it, They're comfortable with that. That is their choice and it's totally fine. But understanding what your baseline is, what your company ready standard is, is critical. Are you okay with that? Or does that stress you out, but not your husband or vice versa? And respecting what that is of the other. So for me and Mr. Fig and Farm, for me, having company ready means I really would rather not have dirty clothes sitting on the stairs waiting for going up to the laundry room. I would really rather not have that. I would rather have things looking visibly dusted. I really would rather have it look and feel comfortable 
because I know if it doesn't, I'm not going to feel comfortable. And if I don't feel comfortable, I'm not going to be in a posture that makes my guests feel comfortable. And ultimately, when you host someone in your space, you want them to feel comfortable. It's not about how new things are, shiny they are, or any of that. It's about how they feel in your presence. And I know if I'm not feeling good in my space, they're not going to feel good. This leads right into number two, which is to have open communication. What does your communication look like surrounding what your baseline or your company ready standard is? If you have high expectations, but you're not communicating how it makes you feel when people come over and your house looks like a disaster, there's a, there's a disconnect there. Communicating to your kiddos that actually it kind of stresses mom out when people come over and we haven't dusted for a while. So can you help me out a little bit? Or communicating to your spouse that actually, you know what? I don't feel like we really need to work so hard when your mom's coming over. So if you don't feel like it, I don't feel like it. But having that open line of communication is going to be essential, not just understanding your baseline, but throughout whatever system you're going to be implementing. When you when you finally land on one that works for you so that you can communicate and delegate, which is number three. Delegating, getting help from those you live with or not is going to be something that when you establish early on is going to be beneficial for you. So if you know, if you are of the mindset that it's better to do it by yourself because it's going to be done best, great. But understanding that it's an unrealistic expectation to then hold a grudge for those who are not helping you. (laughs) Or if you know that delegating means just finally deciding to set aside the funds to hire someone. Maybe it's a local college student. Maybe it is someone who is a single mom who can only work when you're watching her kids and would love the extra funds. Maybe it's a really professional cleaning company that you know you're going to be paying big bucks for, but it is well worth it. Whatever that delegation looks like for you, understanding what that is, communicating with your partner or who you share your space with, and then going from there. But not communicating and not delegating based on what standards you have and the the goals and hopes for your space are would be a disconnect. The fourth thing too, and this is the most important to understand what your system is, whether you need to do, whether it would be beneficial for you to do a daily 15 minute a day, whether you need to do a zone cleaning, whether you just need to go all in every month, do a deep clean, whatever system works for you. These are some of the things that I asked myself in order to really decide what was best for me. And that is to understand what your daily, weekly, and monthly recurring tasks are. What are the things that you need to do in your cleaning routine daily in order to be company ready? If someone were to pop by, what about weekly? And what about monthly? What are some of those things and how do you then create the system around it to support those weekly, daily, and monthly tasks? For me in my home, because we are living with animals, there are daily tasks that feel sometimes really laborious, but then there are some weekly ones that feel like we can get away with not mopping more than once a week. And honestly, if we do 10 days, it's not going to be the end of the world. So my daily tasks in my home are taking out the recycling, emptying the dishwasher, loading the dishwasher, swishing and swiping, which apparently is a thing. (laughs) I didn't know it was a thing. It's just something that we have the bathroom cleaner do. 
They don't necessarily swish and swipe the counters, but they do swish and swipe the hinges around the toilets. Now, this may be a product of being a boy mom. Maybe I could get away with not swishing and swiping if I had girls. I don't know. <laughs> someone, someone who has girls, please tell me. Or maybe don't. Maybe, maybe don't. <laughs> Laundry is a daily doing the floors is a daily and by floors I mean just a quick vacuum and we have purchased a vacuum that is easy for the boys to run on their own so that they can get a quick maybe a swish and swipe here I guess and maybe it's not the same I don't know maybe that concept isn't transferable but they can quickly do the hardwood floors and the little area rugs and tidy and fluff so at the end of the day I do a quick daily reset and what that looks like is if we've watched tv I put the pillows back I do love having a, a cute little couch I love having the pillows and the throw blanket out that takes approximately 30 seconds it is not a big deal but it makes me feel better when I come down the next morning in order to have a couch in a living room that looks presentable. I'm sure I'm missing some things, but going into my weekly chores, my weekly tasks in order to be company ready, mopping, vacuuming the stairs and the hallways upstairs, deep cleaning the bathroom. And by deep cleaning, I mean, we're scrubbing the toilets. We're really cleaning the sinks and mirrors, things like that. Changing the sheets. Of course, company's not going to know if I've changed my sheets or not, but it makes me feel better if I, if I do that weekly or, or so. And then for me, because we do have kitties de-kitty furring the, the window treatments. And then monthly, we are kind of doing a deeper clean. This is where I dust in places that maybe mother-in-law wouldn't necessarily know, but I know, and they're going to be ready every month. And so it allows those weekly and monthly tasks to be not such big, deep cleaning things. So for example, some of my monthly tasks would be to really give the front porch a deep clean, to dust the baseboards, to dust the light fixtures and the tops of doors or the tops of millwork. For me in my kitchen, I don't do this more than once a month, maybe I should, but to really scrub the counters. I do a mid clean. I don't know what the middle ground is between a swish and swipe and a deep clean, so we're going to call it a middle. <laughs> <laughs> but I give it a middle every week. But once a month, I do a deep, deep clean on the backsplash, the kitchen counters, where I'm literally moving everything off the counters to use the cleaner. And understanding too what your daily, weekly, and monthly tasks are and what your standard for that is. Some of you might think, oh my gosh, you only really scrub down your counters once a month. That's disgusting. But I'm okay with that. Some of you might think at the end of the day, I need to remove absolutely everything from my counters and do that. That's a daily task for you. Understanding what that is and which category it goes into is going to be really important. But now, how do you do it? Are you going to set up a daily schedule, put it on a calendar? Are you going to separate it by room by room and each day of the week you just tackle a room, maybe you have more than seven rooms, so you have to do two a day. Maybe you are going to be dividing these tasks into zones. Maybe you'll be like the fly lady and do zone plus 15 minute time periods. For me and my family, we do zone cleaning and I separate our home into four quadrants and I've designed these not necessarily by location though it has worked out a little bit that way and those quadrants have about four rooms in it each and inside of those four rooms I have one room that is pretty large like the kitchen but the kitchen isn't in the same quadrant as the living room because those take up a vast majority of time but I might have the kitchen with the downstairs hallway and the little sunroom. I might have the living room with my office 
or the downstairs bathroom. I started this by writing down all of the rooms in my home and creating the zones based on location and being similar in location. And for me, that looked like being a taking a bird's eye view and if I imagining that I was at the top of my home looking down and doing a cross section, dividing my home that way. And it did turn out to be pretty equal. Each quadrant has about the same amount of work per week. And for me and my family, we do have daily tasks and those tasks are divided into chores for each of us. A lot of them for the kiddos. You've heard me say that some of those daily chores are just a reminder that we are part of a family we work together it is also a motivator quite honestly to have screen time yep that is how we do it at our home <laughs> and we want to make sure that our kiddos are not just sitting behind screens all day so they do have to do they do have to do their part i definitely don't want to be working and scrubbing and cleaning while they're just sitting with their little feet up eating bonbons looking at their screen and saying hey mom you missed spot that doesn't work for me. But understanding what works for you is critical. If that works for you, fantastic. Going back to my zone cleaning, I know that for me, I do the daily tasks, of course, daily. They're going to be just cursory. It's not gonna be the deep clean. But I know that, for example, if my downstairs bathroom and my kitchen are in quadrant number two, and it's week number two in my month, I am going to Saturday morning spend an hour deep cleaning. and. That deep clean gets that quadrant ready, company ready for the month. I'm gonna touch it again, of course, with my daily tasks every day, but they're really little and they're minimal. They don't take a whole lot of time. But then week number three, I'm going to be working on quadrant number three. Quadrant run number three might be my living room, my office, and my sunroom. It doesn't take a whole lot to do the dusting, to do the baseboards, to, to wash the textiles that are in that room. It doesn't take a whole lot of time, but it's going to be company ready then throughout the month. Same thing with quadrant one and quadrant two, but the best suggestion if you were using a zone cleaning method is to really divide those rooms based on, realistically speaking, what works time-wise for your family and who's going to be doing it. Right now, my kiddos are responsible for their own bedrooms. They have their bedrooms in one of the quadrants. And I might come in, I might help a little bit. I might do the vacuuming for them since I'm going to be vacuuming anyway. But it's going to be paired with something that's a little bit needing a deeper clean, like my master bathroom. It's going to be paired with that in my bedroom so that I'm doing those two tasks while they're doing their own bedrooms. If you want to know a little bit more in detail how I do my zone cleaning in my home, go back and listen to episode number 75. I go into a lot more detail explaining how it is that I divided my quadrants and what it is we do in each little section. But the point here is this. When you understand what your baseline or your company ready standard is, all of the daily and weekly tasks support the deeper cleaning that is happening once a month inside of the quadrant or zone cleaning. It's like a little synchronized hamster wheel of cleaning. <laughs> and I have tried over the course of years to play with the Monday I'm going to do this room, Tuesday I'm going to do that room, Wednesday, and, and that got laborious. It did not work for me and it felt really very defeating. This has been the most manageable, easy system that I've been able to maintain. And that's why 
I'm a big fan. But which one are you a fan of? And this is number five. This is the question, not really a question, this is the task point to understanding which system is best for you. And that's just to experiment. But when you've done the foundational work of understanding what your baseline or company ready point is, when you've communicated the needs with your partner and the people you're sharing your space with, and when you have delegated responsibilities, you can decide what makes most sense for you. Do you have always a free Wednesday and you have three hours? Fantastic. I don't know. How long would it take you? It would take me more than three hours to clean my home, but maybe it doesn't for you. Is that going to be the system that works best for you? Or do you want to give it a go to try the zone cleaning, but 15 minutes a day sounds pretty great. But if you're struggling with maintaining a consistent cleaning routine, going onto Pinterest and experimenting with all of the, this cleaning system is best. This is the best way to do it. This is the number one way to clean your house. All of those that are flashing at us are going to do no good if you don't understand these foundational things. That's the work that should be done first. So let's review so you know. The first thing is to know your baseline. Understand what your company ready standard is so that you can get to that point and build backwards. Number two, communicate with the, the people that you share your space with. What do you need from them? What does it make you feel like when your space doesn't feel clean on the regular. Are you okay with it? What are your standards? What are their standards? What do they need? And even kiddos have a point to say here. Number three is to delegate or not. If you know that you're going to just want to do it yourself, do it yourself. But if you know that you're going to do better and need help, ask for that. Communicating is the key. Number four is really understanding, writing it down, what your daily, weekly, and monthly tasks are. And this is pivotal. This is the linchpin in any cleaning system that you use so that you know realistically what is expected, what is needed in order to get to your baseline or company ready when you need to. And number five is to experiment. Once you have that foundational piece down, experiment to see which one works best for you. And my encouragement would be experiment for a couple months, because if you're going to try the zone cleaning and the zone cleaning is on a one month rotation, you might not know if you like it or not until you get to month three. I knew after month four, probably when I experimented that this was the key, the ticket for my family. All right, friends, I hope that was helpful for you as you strive to maintain a consistent cleaning routine in your own home, whatever that system's going to be, drop it into our Facebook group so that we know. And if you are a fan of cleaning, hey, I want to meet you. You may be a unicorn, but we are bound to be design besties. All right, friends, until next time, I'll see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? that would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.